Welcome to Fringes, a no-frills kind of podcast where I talk to trans and gender non-conforming Jews about our experiences with talitot and tzitzit. Talitot are Jewish prayer shawls and tzitzit are the knotted fringe on the bottom of them. For further definitions, check out the first episode. In today's episode, I interview Binya Koatz. Before she introduces herself, I just want to warn everyone that this conversation is PG-13 in terms of sexual content. And without further ado, Binya. My name is Binya, Binya Koatz. Um, my pronouns are, I use either she or they pronouns. I live on Ohlone land in the Bay Area. Um, I am originally from the old country of Queens, New York, um, <laughs> born and raised there. And yeah, I... I guess some things relevant for this podcast are that I'm first generation. My um, my mother's French Moroccan Sephardi, and my father is Argentinian Ashkenazi, and um, and they met at an Indian restaurant on Sixth Street in Manhattan. So a little <laughs> diaspora baby. Um, I really love. Torah and Hashem, and I wear tzitzit every day. So that might be the reason why we connected around this podcast. I would say so. Um, what are your first memories with tzitzit? Um, yeah, my first memories with tzitzit um, are... I remember my first memory is seeing Titi. I mean, I've seen them all my life, you know, growing up in in Queens um, and growing up conservative Jewish. No, nobody in my shul wore a talis katan um, that I know of. Um, but, you know, just around on the subway and around the city, you're going to see tzitzit flapping in the wind um and it wasn't really till i came to the bay that i saw my first people who weren't cis dudes wearing tzitzis um i remember a couple of people i remember sasha gil schneider who's in the shtetl here in the bay in oakland and um and Mimi Farb, who was just like a really close and dear friend and sister of mine. Um, and I remember going on a Friday night to Chochmat Halev, which is like the rad, queer, trans-led, like the rabbi's trans synagogue in Berkeley, because that's what we've got out here in the Bay. Um, and 
going there on a Friday night and and it's like an ecstatic neo Hasidic like klezmery kind of service. So good. And um and just seeing Mimi with her tzitzit like hanging out of her short shorts, just dink- dancing around to the Hadodi <laughs> is like one of my um first memories I was about like four years ago, um, of seeing tzitzit on a non cis person non cis dude's body. Yeah. And how soon after did you start wearing them? Um, I started wearing them. I was, it was maybe, um, it was probably only a few months. I was like primed and ready to go. I was like, um, I had just gone to Svara the summer before that, the queer yeshiva, the, and I went to the queer Talmud camp in the Bay and like, just like, was like, okay, I guess this is like my whole life now um because just like this combination of like you know really coming out um and really finding jewish community and like being a nerd and having like i i i took the bait hook line sinker and was like okay my whole life is gay torah and i came to the bay and found all these queers so in love with it um and building such stunning community out here and um and then, you know, just seeing queers with TT coming out, I was like, this is femme, this is amazing, this is beautiful, it looks good, it like is rad, it's not a kippah, and it's something to be visibly Jewish in, because um, I didn't want to wear, you know, my my trans girlhood. Um, I, I know many a trans girl who rock a kippah, but that's not for me. Um, and, and so I was just primed and ready. So it was probably only a couple of months, and I was in... Um, my then partner's house in, in San Francisco and like, um, and like giddily opened a, um, I was like, ah, I got the package. I got the package. And we, we opened it in their room and I just like put it on and twirled around and it felt so beautiful. Wow. Have you been wearing them every day since? Basically every day there was one time when my luggage got lost or delayed on this terrible Air Canada flight where I like, like, and I think my other tits were like, I, I keep two pairs of both of them are from um, Netsitsu and I just like switch off a week each um, and then wash them by hand every week. Um, and I think like one, it was like, the one I had was like way too dirty to wear. And like the other one was like, was like lost in air Canada somewhere. So I think I may have gone a couple of days without it. And there have been a couple of times where I couldn't wear it because I was in some sort of closet for some reason. Um, but almost every day for the past like three and a half years or so, four years, I've had a Talis Katana on my body. And what does it mean to you to wear one? Um, yeah, it's a great question. I, um, I, 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 yeah, I started, I started talking about it a little before. It's like, it's very important to me to be, to wear my, 
Judaism openly, proudly, and queerly. Um, I want to be, like, seen and held in all that I am. Um, and these tzitzit are a very beautiful, visual, and tactile way for me to connect to my Yiddishkeit and my Ente Hashem. Um, they are, look so stunning under like coming out of a skirt or a dress um and that's how i've worn them on these almost this whole um these whole four years of wearing them three and a half years of wearing them um and so like just fashionably they look great and it feels great to be doing such a fashionable mitzvah and to be like feeling so hot and something i'm obliged to do and having that that connection um, with my, like, style and sexiness and Hashem and love of God. Um, and, and it's, and I, and, you know, just from the actual, like, mitzvah of it, like, to remember myself as, um, as a child of God and with what's obliged to me. Like, you know, I, I just know, like, the ways that I can kind of, you know, I, I, I'm a person who can, who can, like, dissociate a lot and just, like, the, the tactile feeling of, like, wrapping a tzitzis around my finger and, like, bringing myself back into my body and back into my attention um, and like feeling back into like my obligation in whatever moment that is and whatever thing is being called for me to do, whether it's like be present in my body because Hashem is giving me a beautiful moment and it's like a shame to Ashanda to like let that pass and to not be present with the world God has given me or like, or like, you know, an obligation to be doing a different act of tzedakah or of, or of protest or action or praying with my feet or something like that, that my tzitzis like can deeply bring me back into my body. And then, and then I think the last really beautiful thing that, that I love about them is like just, um, the way that they in themselves, not only do they look good on a gay body, but I think that they are, a very queer and queer celebratory garment in themselves because it is like the whole thing about them is that the holiest part of them is the fringe. And so you have this whole garment that its main point of existence is its fringy um, ends of it. And so I think that that's saying, you know, the fringe is holy, the queer is holy. And so it feels really beautiful to have that on my body. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Oh, I got tingles. <laughs> um, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, what you were just saying, okay, I had a lot of trains of thought, but one of them is that I was talking to a rabbi about tzitzit once and he described them as flirtatious. 
which I had never (laughs) thought of before and and hadn't really thought of much since and fully came to mind when you're talking about feeling sexy in your in your tzitzis um yeah and it feels like an exciting way to imagine being Jewish yeah there's it's pretty cute you know if you're with someone and like like the, there's like a couple of moves that people can do, you know, like push your hair behind your ear or something like that, or like softly put their hands on yours. Another one is like, you know, start twirling with your tzitzis, right? Like that's definitely <laughs> a, a cute way. And like, you know, better yet, if y'all are both wearing them and you have, uh, <laughs> they get all tangled up with each other. But yeah, no, I've definitely... I don't know exactly how much permission I have to tell about uh, but they've definitely been flirtatious and or sexy throughout my life. I I mean, I wear them when I rise and when I wake, right? And so, like, um, or when I go to sleep and when I wake. And so, like, you know, they've definitely been in flirtatious scenes with me and <laughs> in beds with me with other people in them and stuff like that. And, and they, it's very nice to have four little extra strings with you um to to, uh to to play with with a cutie Uh, well and that like i mean that really kind of gets at to me how um both like intimate and public wearing Mm -hmm. wearing tzitzit Mm -hmm. is and I was wondering if you could talk about times that um, you feel really proud to be wearing them, but also times that you maybe want to hide that you're wearing your tzitzit. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Yeah, proud that I'm wearing them. Well, in the Bay, nobody really knows them. So it's like, like only the people who like, like, there's no large Hasidic community here. Like, nobody else is really wearing tzitzis. It's very few people. Um, like, I'm sure the, the percentage of... It's probably the highest percentage queer tzitzis um, uh, in per capita or whatever that stat is in, uh, in the world. Um, uh, I would guess, yeah. Um, so, like, I don't... There been There's been... Um, most people don't recognize it. They just, you know, the only, the comments I rarely get are like, you know, oh, that's cute. Like those little fringes on your dress or whatever. Like, you know, (laughs) they, they think it's part of the garment. Um, there's been, um, one guy who came up to me, um, to, um, who had like grown up around, orthodox jewish community and was hit it tried to was like he came up to me to hit on me on the street and it's like oh my god i did not know you could be orthodox and trans and then like um or uh, i did not know that those two went together or something and he was very and that was an interesting interaction it didn't end up going anywhere he wasn't my type but um uh but but very rarely gets seen and then and then just like in queer jewish community 
it's like appreciated and loved and whatever, um, which feels really beautiful. So like, you know, walking into an, we have our Nigun collective here, which is our like monthly Nigun circle or quote unquote walking in back in the time when the world <laughs> did that. Um, <laughs> when you would walk into a place that, that was definitely like, you know, you check out who's got the cute new undercut, the cute new piercing and the like, and the fly ass pair of tzitzit coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever gendered garment they have. In New York, it's a little different, both because, you know, part of the reason I'm in Cali is to like be able to come out a lot more than I was in my in my home community back home. Um, so there's like a general, like my my tzitzit are like a really big part of my queerness and like the whole essence of me of like taking me in as like trans girl in a dress with a with tzitzit coming out, like that's you know. That is a lot of points of information for um, to be seen at once in um, in a community that like would know what all of those means and has connections with what types of body and people they see those little fringes coming out on. Um, and so, you know, there have been times where I've tucked them in, and luckily I'm half Ashki, half Sephardi, and there's like Sephardi custom to to wear them in your body close to uh, not showing um, Mm -hmm. in order to have them closer to your body. And because it's like a, it's more of a a relationship and a reminder between you and Hashem um, rather than like the physical outward reminder of like being able to look down and see your tzitzis, you know, Um, that, that you have in some Sephardi tradition and in a lot, in most Ashki. Um, and so I have both. So like when I need to do one or the other, I do one or the other. But but yeah, I've def- you know, walking through Brooklyn, I like don't always or like in the subway, I don't like like, you know, seeing a trans girl with some like you know, some fringy stuff in a dress, if you don't know what that means, is one way of getting publicly noticed. But like being noticed that you are like especially in moments when I felt less able to pass. Um, like you know, to be noticed as trans and to be noticed as wearing sits is that's just like a huge thing and and a lot of attention that not always you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I was very happy one time. Um, I was wearing them on the subway and on the subway thing on the E train, and then um, and then this very hot dyke was checking me out and then turned out um, and then like came to sit with like asked me are those tzitzit and then came to sit with me and turned out that she had like left the satmar chassidim and like and like grew up chassidic and like um, and then like left it um, to come out and like then we had a whole talk about that which was <laughs> pretty dreamy um, uh, but yeah so that's I definitely feel a difference in the bay versus New York where um, with you know how I want to be seen, how I think I'm going to be seen, and who's going to know enough to see me anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I to hear you say that because I think if I were imagining before hearing you talk about it, I would have guessed like, oh, in New York, like there are tons of queer people, tons of Jews, and like tzitzit are really legible. And I would have assumed that it was like a uh, something that's yeah. freer there. And that's really not what I'm hearing from you. 
Yeah, legible, freer versus legible is definitely a big question, right? Like, um, you know, you get this a lot in the, I've, you know, Southern trans friends too. And in places where they're like, like outside of big, big cities where there's a lot less visible transness, if you like just do enough to, if you like, there's basically, there's like, you know, where there are fewer women wearing pants and fewer men looking this or blah, blah, blah. And there's like less of that gender variance visible just walking around. Like if you go enough to pass over to one side just by one step, they're like, oh, you're a woman or you're a man. And like, I know a lot of trans friends who are like, you know, like end up more easily passing in smaller communities because like people's minds aren't attuned to being like, is that a man in a dress or like a feminine man or like something like that? Because, because it's really just like a more binarized system. So if you take a step over to one side, um, and I've experienced that too in my times in small towns. And so that's like, you know, people aren't looking, you're not as legible as trans, but you might like, you know, feel a little freer because you're not being read all the time. And then that to me is a similar feeling in New York where there's so much more conscious Judaism like you know like at a time a quarter of that city was Jewish it's still the biggest city Jewish city in the world depending on where you mark the metro area with it in Tel Aviv and so like so like you know when I want the fewer people that I am seen by I'm like more met with love with by them in the bay versus like I'm I get a lot more weird stares the times and like and like more um, fraught or frictionful interactions in the in New York, where like it's actually they they know what's going on. So you, so like there's a little less of that freedom of of invisibility that can come with people not knowing what the fringes are all the time. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a bit ago, um, like how you get to choose being Ashkenazi and Sephardic between those identities in in how you wear your tzitzit and you you also talked some about like going to neo-hasidic services and Uh um really valuing yiddishkeit and i'm curious like how you interpret wearing your tzitzit like at the intersection of your Uh jewish backgrounds i don't know if that question you know that that makes a lot of sense um I really, I don't actively think about it most of the time. Most of the time, um, like there are things in my head marked Sephardi, things in my head marked Ashki, and things in my head just marked Jewish. Um, And sometimes when I say the word Yiddishkeit, I'm also talking about Judaism. I'm just saying it in an Ashki way. But like, (laughs) um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Tzitzit in my mind are more just in my, like, me and Hashem, my, me and my Judaism, like, space. They aren't, but, okay, this is reminding, I do, yeah, um, it was, it is definitely, like, you know, um, learning the different ways of tying tzitzit and, like, and, like, tying them for my friends or my lovers, like, depending on whether, they are Ashkenazi or Sephardi, so I can connect them to their ancestral tradition, or if they're a, a little hat, chetzi chetzi like me, um, you know. 
and I have a few. I have one of my Telekatans have um, um, have like half the TT tied in the Sephardi way and or in the Moroccan way that I learned because that's where my family's from, and then half in the in the Ashkenazi way. So so, I guess the different ways of tying TT and how I learned them like did like adds a different time, a different taste to like um, depending on the at the intersection of the backgrounds I am but most of the time I'm like this is this isn't really colored in that cultural way for me and it's more just like just me and Hashem and my queerness yeah <clears throat> um well we've been talking a lot about tzitzit but I'm curious if you wear a talus also yeah I wear I do I put on talis and tefillin every day except tefillin not on Yentif and Shabbos and I daven um Shachri. I, I try to daven three times a day. I sometimes don't always do that. Um but there are long stretches where I wear them every day. Do you feel as I feel like when I'm when you were talking about seed and um there's like a lot of excitement and mm-hmm. I'm curious how you relate to your talus. Yeah. Um, my talus. Great cue. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I love, it's a big talus gadol. Um, and I love the feelings of like the kind of wings of Shekhina being wrapped up in them when I'm davening. Um, and, and then I, I love comparing that with like, you know, or just having my Mincha and Mari where I'm just davening, twirling my, my Talas Katan tefillin, uh, my Talas Katan tzitzit, and just like having kind of just what's on my body for those two services. And then for Shachri, donning this big thing and like wrapping it around my whole body and feeling really held when I first wake up in the morning. Um, and like having these intention prayers and stuff like that and the and like all these things and um, and that's like that feels really beautiful it's my bat mitzvah talis it also it was given to me by my Israeli family um, when I had my bat mitzvah at the, at the Kotel um, and at the Western Wall and it's really funny. So my my Shem Emmet, my true name, and my government name that was on my birth certificate both have the same first initial. And um, and and my I still have my last name Koatz. And it's really funny on the on the talis bag that my family gave me is like um, B C instead of B K. And it's because my Israeli family like messed up and like accidentally um miswrote my last name um on my like boss mitzvah bag and um and they, but they were all too embarrassed to say it and the so the family story is that it means binya cohen like you know that i'm because i'm a cohen also and so um but that's like just totally not true it's just a spelling mistake on my bag which i feel is really really cute and gay um yeah um yeah so i love my with my big talus and the ways it holds me in the morning. Yeah. So with, and 
with your family in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you relate to wearing tzitzit or wearing your talis around them? It seems like they're involved in your, or they have been really involved in your Jewish practice. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, that's where all my, I have I have some Sephardi fam in, in Montreal, but the vast majority of them are in, are in the arts now. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we have San Francisco or the Bay Area, New York, and, and Israel as big loci of what it means to be visibly trans and Jewish. Um, yeah. Um, with varying levels of, of Jewish legibility and, and query legibility. And so for me in Israel right now, it's, I'm actually still closeted out my family there, um, on multiple fronts. Um, um, my transness, my, they know some of my religiosity, but not like the extent. And they're almost all of them are very like militantly secular. So it's very funny to that, like, you know, my fam that's in the Jewish state be like <laughs> very like put off by Judaism. Um, and, um, the quote unquote Jewish state, excuse me. And like the, you know, and maybe it's a tell of the fact that I said that, but they also don't know about my anti-Zionism and diasporism. And so it's like a lot of different <laughs> closets that I'm in, all of which will be very, hard narrow bridges to cross over when I do. Um, I was going to be crossing over a few of them this Pesach, um, but then Corona got in the way. Um, And so with them, yeah, it's funny because like, you know, I've only, I've had one trip where I was actively wearing a Talis Katan at the time and like, and went to Israel and never once showed my tzitzis the whole time. I was there and only a few days like wore it underneath my clothes um definitely called on my safari custom there and then like you know had to be careful going to the beach um and that was like it's kind of like because to me family is is one of the most important things and in life and in the world um i know that my family is going to have a hard time with a lot of things that i am and just at that time which was like i think i forget how many years ago um it was not the time to be coming out on all those fronts with them. And so I like went into my little team tomb, my little like drawing in for a week and a half so I can, en- or two weeks so I could enjoy my cousin's wedding and be with all my family and joy. Um, but definitely, and it was very beautiful the days. I'm now thinking about it. I probably did it still most days, wore it underneath my clothes. And it was very beautiful in that moment too to feel it on my body. And I, that was one of the moments I felt so felt that aspect of them. That's like, this is just me and Hashem. And I think it was Ha'ari, like the, um, the Kabbalist, um, who, uh, who like wore it all the time concealed and against his body. Um, cause I wear mine against my body too. Like I don't wear an undershirt underneath them, even though that's like a custom that a lot of people have. Um, I wear this just against my body. And so, um, 
yeah, just like the feeling of, of being in so many closets at that time, but knowing that Hashem saw me and like feeling her physically also in concealment with me, with the tzitzis and like, and like knowing that she's in, it was like, I know Shekhina is in every closet with every queer person. She is like so deeply there, just like she cries in every wound and is with every broken heart. She's in every closet. And I think that feeling that sits this on my body was like a real physical reminder of that of that like you know my family sees me in one aspect of my beauty in this moment and i'm glad they do there's a whole lot that they don't and um and i'm glad and it felt it was so necessary and deep like deeply like a well of water in the desert uh, to feel hashem against my body in that way in that hiding Are you the only person in your family who who wears them? I have one cousin, like dis, like cousin in like the extended big family way, um, who is like um, who my grandpa supports in his studies in Jerusalem. So he's and he's like you know in Kolel and just like living that uh Haredi Sephardi life and um so he's he's I think the only other one oh. it's just I just feel struck over and over how <laughs> like I don't know the right way like simply powerful um this like kind of piece of cloth with some string is. right <laughs> um yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's some old magic and it's like one of the core things we're supposed to do like that like that we have this whole five books with like you know the whole tanakh and all the commentary and like okay there's a one paragraph you have to read each day and like you know that whole the thing is like you know one of the core things you got to remember is tie this string to your shirt and I'm like, <laughs> like listen Israel God is one God is yours you know make sure to tie these strings to your shirt and that's some old ass witchy deep ancient God shit yeah. do you feel like there are any ways that um that you've made the practice of wearing tzitzit or the tzitzit you have or the tallest you have, um, particularly your own or particularly trans? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A couple of things. <laughs> this is okay. And this is, this is a PG-13 to That's R-rated okay. podcast, right? So <laughs> It is now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to start with the PG-13, which is, um, um, yeah, so I, I get my telis, uh, talisim kasanim. I've never said it in plural in Ashkenazi. Um, but my, <laughs> um, I get them from Netsitsu, which I highly recommend to all. Um, Can you say what that is? Yeah, the, it's a women's owned talis katan. Uh, venue um out of as far as i know an apartment on the upper west side um that 
you for 25 bucks they give you either a black or a white Thomas Catan tied by uh, that uh, tied by a woman and it's it's these converted H&M tank tops so they like oh. cut them to have these slits and then um, and then attach the tits to the four corners and so they're very cute and very good um, and that's where I've gotten mine the whole time I've worn them and I've gone through a few pairs um, and yeah and they're hot so the thing is that with this slit right all, like you know I think it's the halacha is at like at least two-thirds of this like it has to be at least two-thirds up the seam this is like I'm just looking at it now like about 80% of the seam, 90% of the seam. And then like, there's a little piece of cloth and then like, you know, and then it's a tank top. Um, and so when that's like tucked in to a skirt, it like has these, it, it like basically leaves these two like flirty side, like tummy peaks, you know, like that, like, like, you know, it, because there's like these big holes in the side and when it's tucked in, it just leaves these like hot little pieces of your tummy showing and then and then it's a tank top and then you have tt coming out of your skirt and so like i've done many a queer party we have this thing called mango here which back in the pre pre apocalypse days um uh was a monthly outdoor lesbian queer and trans like um uh dance party in san francisco um, during the day on Shabbos, um, um, which I would like, that was definitely the, the way that I would most, I most bend my, my Shomer Shabbos is when biking to, um, to the train to, to go to, um, to go to Mango. And it's like just during the day and it's amazing. It's outdoors, gorgeous, just like full, just like, you know, everybody's, like you know it's all almost everybody is a queer and or trans woman and like um and there's like just one or two gay men and that's it and it's such a good scene and it's outdoor parties and there's like a free there's this like old 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 dyke who like cooks free hamburgers for everybody it's like fucking incredible and i've gone to many of those just with like a cute bra and my talus katan and then like a skirt and then like cute shoes and that's like my whole outfit and because like you know it's like a tank top with fringes at the end it's just like wearing a tank top and it like has these hot little slits in the side um and so that's definitely been a way that like yeah that that like combination of transness queerness sexiness and and mitzvahs like all comes to one because really mitzvah very sexy and um and God is very sexy and like, you know, serving her, serving this giant gay queen in the sky feels like a very sexy endeavor. And so um, definitely have felt that. Um, and that's one way I like have felt it and worn it in many pride parades and dyke marches and trans marches and stuff like that. Um, and... And sometimes I have to like take off the top of the, this isn't kosher, I think, but like, I think I have to take off the top of the, I don't have it around my shoulders. I kind of like have it just like kind of tucked into whatever waistband I have so that the like seat seat are still hanging out, but I don't have it around my shoulder because like 
I want like a, a crop top and I just want, you know, to like, you know, just be wearing that or something like that. So I've definitely fucked around with them. Um, and then, and then the more, um, R-rated good stuff is that, um, yeah, like I said, the strings in a bed are very good. Um, and you know, like people do a lot with BDSM and bondage stuff that involve like different ropes being used in different ways to like, you know, restrain or cut off or like, or hold back or anything or like fail all these different things. And, um, wow, I feel so naughty saying this out loud. Um, (laughs) uh, I am like so heavily blushing. Um, and or to like yeah or to like smack or whatever um uh one quick talmudic aside is that um is that there there are stories in the talmud of rabbis like who were about to sin or were doing a sin and then their their tzitzit like come up and smack them in the face they, <laughs> um take on the little poltergeist and like smack them in the face so like using tzitzit to smack things um is definitely has a long rabbinic tradition um <laughs> And yeah, and so like feeling that on my body, and now I'm just thinking about this now too, like, you know, trans, being trans and naked is one of, is a very vulnerable thing oftentimes, because often we like use our clothing to like, to like express our gender a lot. And so when we're just in our skin, or I'll just, you know, also speak from the eye, like when I'm just in my skin, I need to be with people. I really trust to see me and to hold me in my girlhood and um and having a telikatan on my body at that moment or maybe it's like the only thing on my body at that moment like and having it have all these strings um and (laughs) ropes and useful things and to like just not only have that as like a, a marker of my judaism and my gender on my body when i'm like um, like have taken off all my other clothes. Um, it's such a beautiful thing and, um, makes me really feel like when I'm having sex or, or, um, or like in some sort of, uh, naked play kind of space that I like have Hashem there with me. Um, and that she's in the joy with me and whoever else I'm with as well. And so... Yeah, that's a lot of the ways that CT has played into my life. Great answers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, we come so many strings attached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got at least four. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm curious if there are any things that are kind of like lingering in your mind or like stories Mm. left unshared or something I didn't quite get at that you uh, Mm. feel like is still connected and and that you'd want to talk a little bit about. Hmm. Let me think on it one second. 
Yeah. Um, it's amazing the feeling of like I don't know if you like I have this ring that I really haven't taken off in in like five years or so um and a lot of people you know you have these pieces of clothing or, or or jewelry oftentimes people can have that like it doesn't come off or like everybody knows like a wedding ring right um uh where like when it's off you you're like oh my god i feel naked or <laughs> like i haven't felt it off me in that in so long um and that's that's how i feel now like you know getting um like with with my tali katan and it's so beautiful the ways that it's become like an intrinsic part of my my dress and my body in a lot of ways and like my torso for has forgotten what it feels like to not have this on it um and yeah and for a lot of time it was just on it and then in like a really beautiful moment on transition like when i started to wear bras like like then i had both of these things on my torso that were that were making me feel so holy like a holy good jewish girl that i am um and and you know and like everything like it goes like you end up something is ecstatic and then it becomes uh, um routine um and so but i but i love I love that. And I think that's the same in so much of Judaism with daily prayer, with the calendar, with like Jewish time, with Jewish bread, this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like we slowly build up these like stunning routines until we have like, like all these ways that all these ancestral lived practices. Cause, I, cause you know, there's a purely um, conceptual and theoretical way to approach divinity and to approach god like god and you can just like meditate on the oneness and just like and like just remember that all is one and it really doesn't matter what's on your body this thing or that thing because all is one even a random thing is like a random shirt or whatever that's all part of god because god is all oneness and you can like be in that like um purely um esoteric or mental space with like connecting with the divinity and with your creator but what Jewish practice does is it is it builds all these routines and rituals and habits that like are there to hold you knowing that you can't always be actively thinking about God because you're a human. So like, though that's the goal or that could be the goal, like you also have to eat and work and do your shit and you drop a thing and you're like, ah, and then blah, blah, blah. And you like, can go days, weeks, whatever, without like checking in with Hashem if that was if your only way to check in was like through like taking the time to sit and think but like these rituals and ways of making the divine oneness tactile and like taking her from infinite to finite but in a way that hints at the infinity again is like all these genius ways that judaism um, has passed on that tradition like every single place on earth is is holy but like every time we move in and out of a door 
like we kiss a thing to remember and like that doesn't remind us that doorposts are specifically holy it's just like in those moments of transition we like reconnect with the holiness of everything and like every moment and every day is holy but like morning afternoon night we reconnect with the holiness of everything and like and before and after a meal we connect with the holiness of everything in these specific points of like ancestral gratitude practice and connective practice and holiness practice and and like having this and having it be tactile and clothing and on my body and part of my outfit and like just on my day and like casually my fingers like being twirled around them or in the best moments somebody else flirtatiously twirling theirs around <laughs> them um that is such a genius and and tzitzit are just such a genius part of that whole um enterprise of of taking the infinite divine making giving us finite connections to her so that we don't lose it in a swim in a sea of like undifferentiatedness but making sure those finite connections connect us back to the infinity and so um you know tzitzit and all the magic around them and the 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 tactile magic around them is like definitely a big part of that. Damn. I love that. That really made me. Okay. When I, I've only been in a mikvah once. I went to this like gender inclusive mikvah in the Boston area called Maim Haim. Oh, that was my first mikvah. Baruch yeah? Hashem. Yeah, I went oh to Brown gosh. and the queer Jews of Brown all went for a queer mikvah there one year that I was there. Oh, I went after I graduated college and um, I have a bunch of piercings and I got really <gasps> scared because I was like, I'm going to have to take everything out. I've never taken these out before. I'm going to have to go back to a piercer to get them put back in. I feel that. Properly. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like really uh, stressed about it and ended up talking with somebody who works there about it. And she was like, actually, if you've had the jewelry in for, I think it was like three months, mm -hmm. um, that is halakhically considered part of your body. Ah! Like <laughs> it's part, if you have like had that piece, like mm -hmm. on, on or in you for like three months, it is part wow. of you halakhically. And therefore like, you know, take out any earrings that you like don't, that you, that are interchangeable, but like don't feel worried wow. about like your nose ring or your cartilage piercing or something like Holy that's fine. Shit. And so I just was, I just was really thinking about that when you were saying like all of the pieces of jewelry and clothing that come to feel like part of you, that like there's almost, uh, there, there is like a part of our tradition. And I wish I re I really wish I knew like where uh -huh. it is. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but I don't, that um that like really honors that <laughs> that's yeah. really like yeah it is part of you wow that's so good holy shit can we riff on that for a second okay um that wow okay <laughs> um i'm just thinking holy shit okay yeah 
so you know i think about i'm what that's making me think about is like the ways that trans people we on a lot of trans jews understand our experience as like a really explicit way of being a partner in the creation of ourselves with hashem and like part of our power as b'tselem elohim is that we have um we have a part of her creative power and like she didn't leave she didn't finish the work of the world on the sixth day and she didn't finish the work of our bodies and our souls on when we were when we exited the womb you know and so like um and so like we become partners of her in her creation in that large-scale global sense as we work for tikkun olam and and within ourselves and trans people know that really like intimately as the ways that we grow in our bodies with hashem and to include like our jewelry our talikatans are like you know the ways and like especially because so much of that is so gay like it's so much of our early gay experiences are ways of showing our gayness it's like you know through through piercings until enough straight people start doing them and then we have to find different ways to pierce ourselves <laughs> and it's a constant thing and how we undercut our hairs or whatever we just have to stay a step gayer than the streets uh, <laughs> and yeah so that's so beautiful to include that as a part of it and and yeah i'm just like that's such a holy recognition i i know the couple of times that i've been um arrested at different actions like the cops have made me take out all those things um so it seems like a really beautiful i wish i had that on my tongue when i i was like actually halakhically this is part of my body (laughs) you can't you can't take out this nose ring right now and and for me i actually have done a couple of queer been blessed i did um i'm I'm just or i've done a couple of mikvot and mikvot and um and i at my last one I, I did take out my nose ring that's there forever and um i didn't know about this halacha beforehand and it felt really very strange but i love the wisdom for both like the taking out and the not taking out um and definitely um uh feel your worry in the, the <laughs> like <laughs> oh shit am i gonna be able to get this back in that but thank you for bringing that in that was so cool yeah i hadn't thought of it in a long time actually so it's um always exciting to make connections i feel like judaism is a place that that happens for me a lot amen 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 yeah um well would you want to wrap up and uh and blow the shofar (laughs) hey hello (laughs) um okay you're only allowed to include the ones that i do well on okay okay (laughs) okay so do you want to do you want to call out some things um what do you call out is tikiya yeah the standard is tikiya and then for i think i i actually don't have it fully clear but the things I've seen is that Chabad does it, Tikiyat Ruah Shivarim, mm-hmm. and then the Sephardi thing I've seen is Tikiyat Shivarim Truah. So the Shivar- okay. Shivarim's the three, and the t- and the Truah's the nine. Okay, wait. 
The order is tequila, chevrim. Chua. Chua. And then you can do a tequila gedola. But yeah. Okay. Oh my God. And wait, before you go, you have to say a shechachianu because this is your first time, no? That is true. Oh, Baruch Hashem. Thank you for giving me this fucking opportunity. <laughs> with time hearing the uh, shofar this elul. Right back at you. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Baruch Atarunai Eloheinu Melchalam. Shechachianu v'kiyamanu v'higiyanu l'azman hazeh. Mine, amen. Okay, okay. Tikiya. Shavarim. Chua. Tikiya gedola. I'm sure my iPhone headphones captured that in all its perfect glory. <laughs> You'll listen back and go, yes, that's exactly what it that's exactly. Like. I got the special <laughs> LOL edition of the of the headphones. So, <laughs> so it's specifically tuned to capture all your Tiki Agudolas. <laughs> Made for shofar blasts. Oh my, oh my. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Maybe I'll crack open in front of the one who heals. Pain. Uh. Well, with the uh, that adrenaline rush, any <laughs> final thoughts? <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of every podcast ending with a ticky. I get a lot. <laughs> that's a good way yeah um yeah no i want to if i can have permission to just soapbox for like five seconds i am a big shaliach emissary advocate stan fan of every queer wearing their tzitzis um and um i think it's such a stunning embodied way and especially with the combination of being able to wear it inside and outside like tucked in or not tucked in as needed like I think it's a really beautiful way to like hold Hashem in your closeted spaces hold Hashem and you're like really ecstatically seen places and like have her with you as you're like edging from one of those into the other or like you know or like you know like moving in a place that's not the easiest place to be seen in your fullness but like you have Hashem with you and that's like and you always do, but this is like her reminder to you. And so deeply want to dream and imagine and crave like, you know, um, a, a queer shtetl that we all build diasporically, like that, you know, that tzitzis become like a sign of, um, of our queerness and known and reclaimed in their holy and their holy fringeness and like you and if you are somebody and i know if you're listening to this podcast you are on that holy fringe like this was really specifically meant for you and um 
and it's like gay and awesome and transgressive and whatever in this patriarchal world and blah 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 but like really more deeply beyond the transgressive and fun parts of that are like no, it's a is a return to where this seat seat belong which is like on your gay body um which is what um what they symbolize and what they are meant to make holy so hit me up if you need any um femme fashion tips on wearing tzitzit with crop tops wearing tzitzit with short skirts anything like that um more than happy to, <laughs> to 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 help anybody out with that but yeah so big advocate love it and want to see it more and more in the world mm -hmm. well thank you so much for talking to me thank you so much this was such a <laughs> glorious little thing i just love that i'm like i was just around here doing this thing and then somewhere all the way across the country somebody was like i'm doing a podcast about that thing <laughs> cool <laughs> so amazing yeah. yeah well thank you and thank you so much for 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 putting the time and effort to to taking all this and making it art and um and such deep blessings to you and and, and gratitude to you. Thank you. It's really been so fulfilling. So, um, yeah. And I get to meet and talk to people like you. So that's <laughs> a true shucks. joy. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I'm, shucks. I'm, I'm sh shyly, uh, coyly twirling my seat seat. <laughs> 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 incredible i'm gonna press stop recording okay but we'll still be uh, and just unless may you be written in the book of life yes amen amen thanks for listening to fringes my passion project supported by adva designs for more definitions as well as a transcription of the episode please check out the show notes on our website advadesigns.com slash fringes episode six that's A-D-V-A-H-D-E-S-I-G-N-S dot C-O-M slash F-R-I-N-G-E-S-E-P-I-S-O-D-E-6. As always, the interviews I do and the stories I get to share through this podcast cannot possibly capture the breadth of experiences in the world. I'm inevitably leaving people out. That said, this project is growing. If your story feels left out and you want to share it, please reach out to me at emma at oddvahdesigns.com. That's E-M-M-A at A-D-V-A-H-D-E-S-I-G-N-S dot C-O-M. This podcast is coming out on a bi-weekly basis. A big shkoyach to my producer, Sarah Resnick, and to Home Despot, talented creator of our music. And thank you for listening. See you in two weeks wherever podcasts can be found. <laughs>